Balthazar. It's so good to see you. Now, he told me you were floating around. He? I believe you two have flown together. <laughs> well, you know, the old frog in the throat. Even I know that's a bad joke. I grieved your death. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry about that, you know. I, I wanted them to think, you know, so they wouldn't come looking for me. What is all of this? What are you doing? Whatever I want. This morning, I had a menager... What's French for 12? Monsters, Madness and Magic. Welcome to the Monsters, Madness and Magic podcast. I am Justin, and this evening I am joined by a very special guest, veteran screen and stage actor, Mr. Sebastian Rocher. Sebastian, how the hell are you this evening? I'm fantastic. That's <laughs> how are you? I'm How doing you? good. Where Where are you on the East Coast? I'm on, I'm in South Carolina, as you can tell. Oh, yeah, South Carolina. Where in South Carolina? Edgefield. I'm in the Boondocks. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I I did a movie in Charleston. Beautiful, ah, yeah, gorgeous, gorgeous town. I'm about two hours. It was in from 1998, <laughs> way back. <laughs> back was, in in the what was the film that you did in Charleston? It was It was called uh, The Hunley. It was about the the true story of the CSS Hunley, you know, the first submarine. Right. Actually, wait, no, Rich, no, Richmond is in North Carolina, no, South Carolina, Richmond. Richmond. What's Rich? You're not talking. No, no, about that's Richmond. Virginia. What am I? Yeah, talking I, about? you weren't talking about Richmond, Virginia, were you? <laughs> no, 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 no. And I was shot somewhere else in, in South Carolina, but I thought that Charleston would be gorgeous. I mean, I'm diverging, but it was a beautiful place. <laughs> it is a beautiful <laughs> city. Way back in the day, yeah. So, Sebastian, do you have a eureka moment from earlier in life that helped you uh, take the plunge and pursue acting as a career? Can you recall a moment like that? I There was no eureka moment, but I really knew... At first, I wanted to be a painter because I was fascinated with everything to do with, with, with painting. I was very influenced by... And my parents came back from the Museum of the Offices in, in Florence... And I, they brought me back the book of, of the paintings, and I was really obsessed with the Renaissance painting from, you know, I think since I was a kid. I think at three years old, my grandfather took me to Marc Chagall, which is not Renaissance, but exhibition, and I was just fascinated by painting. So that was my first love. But I also lo truly loved uh, classical films, you know, old film, and this probably helped me, you know, to get to that eureka moment that I really wanted to uh, be an actor. I loved impersonating characters. You know, there were many photos of me always with like a plastic helmet and a plastic sword. <laughs> and uh, I would love to, to come up with these, these scenarios. And I guess that's where my, my, my love of acting started already. And, you know, I loved cracking jokes at school, being the funny one. You know, that's just kind of what happened. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. see that you uh, sailed the world quite a bit with your family when you were a teenager. Would you say that all that traveling at that early age kind of exposed you to different types of cultures and individuals that helped you further along in acting? Yes, I think so. I think already, I mean, as a child, I went to the, I was living in France because I'm half British, half French. So I was already, um, you know, uh, I, I was already uh sort of exposed to many cultures but i also went to an international uh school where there were people from all over the world you know as, as from america africa south america so i was exposed very early to different cultures and then of course uh the experience on the boat yes was was i think the defining experience of my life 
in terms of of um, I think you know of course meeting many cultures and learning a, about the richness of the culture that you um, encounter every time you arrive in a different island or different country because we went you know pretty much all over the Mediterranean West Africa then we crossed the Atlantic to the Caribbean South America so mm. that's a lot of different cultures different languages and it really broadens your your horizon uh, as to the richness of every every creed every 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 uh, population so that was a, a plus and also it teaches you living on a sailing boat you know because people think that i was living on, we were living on a yacht like millionaires we were not we were living on a very bare bones uh you know uh sailboat in the in the late 70s uh and i think within a year of leaving we were broke <laughs> i mean my <laughs> parents were broke because i was a kid right. uh but you know, it, it didn't take away from from the richness of our life. You you realize when you're living on a sailing boat that you don't need that much. And actually, this is what I think I can make a parallel with with the pandemic. Mm. Uh, as much as challenging as the pandemic is, I think it's opened a lot of people's eyes as to what's important in life. And you know, what was important was our little universe, our family, and my dad. And, you know, my dad, who was a corporate man, you know, became a, a tour guide. My mum repaired sails. I gave windsurfing lessons uh, with my older brother, and um, and you know life was absolutely wonderful. Uh, it teaches you to to love the simple things in life and to appreciate them, you know, because we were in the the most extraordinary setting. You know, we we were in Martinique and and the Lesser Antilles, Saint Lucia, Saint Vincent, the Grenadine. Uh, I was obsessed with. You know, shell collecting and and spear fishing every morning. I would go every morning, fish for my family. <laughs> I'd go in the evening. So you know, it teaches you to be extremely adaptable, to be extremely resourceful, uh, because you're living. You know, living on a boat is not easy. It, it teaches you to, to sort of have have res enormous responsibility. You know, for the security of everyone around. And it teaches you independence because you you're in a very small space and you need to find your own internal world. So I think all these factors really helped, you know, uh, for my for my development as an actor. I think I think it helps for the development as a human being in general. And I think right. you know uh, one's development as a human being is what is what you bring to 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 acting. I think you generally have a talent for acting. Uh, not everyone does it for, for that reason. I think there are two types of actors. There are the people who truly love the art of acting, and then there are the people who want to be famous. Um, mm. Some people who want to be famous happen to be very talented as well, which is, you know, great. But I'm really in the latter part. I'm, I, I am someone who just loves the art, the, right. the, the artistic endeavor that is acting. And a lot of my friends are in that same boat. Yeah, and I think your life experience enriches you. Right. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm, you know, blabbering that's, along. <laughs> that's why we're here. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. really cool way to spend adolescence. I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, it's, it's just. Yeah, insane. I was very, very, very fortunate. You know, I was living a sort of very bourgeois life till the end of age of eleven, and then, in a way, it, it, and then we, we lived a totally different life from the age of twelve to eighteen. Took me to this completely other life where, where we had very little, but in a way had way more than what I had before, you know, uh, materially, but, but, but um, intellectually and, and in terms of richness of life, it was a thousandfold, a thousand times better than what I had before. And it really changed me as a person. I was a very shy person. 
which seems kind of strange to some people yeah. if they've seen me in fan events um, <laughs> or as an actor. Um, I was very shy, reserved, not very good at school. And suddenly being in this environment where I had to take responsibilities and because, you know, everyone has to work on the boat and I have to hoist the sails, make sure that, you know, I have to be on watch. You know, my watch was, was I remember, from 9 p.m. to midnight. When you're crossing the Atlantic, you have to be on watch. It then switched to three o'clock in the morning to six. So, you know, you have, it, it, it matures you very quickly. So um, I don't know why I'm diverging. <laughs> um, anyway. Were you in charge it, it, of the pirate shanties? <laughs> yeah, was that was were, I in charge? Were you in charge of uh, singing the pirate shanties? The the what? Oh <laughs> no, no, I didn't know any. You know, apart from the ones I saw in uh, Treasure Island, <laughs> the old version with with what is it? Uh, um, fabulous actor who played Long John Silver. A blast. I can't remember his name. Oh, see, I, I'm a bit younger, so when you say Long John Silver, I think Tim Curry from the Muppet Treasure Island. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, there's him. He's fabulous. Tim Curry's a fabulous actor. No, there was this fabulous actor, character actor. It's a movie from the 40s, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the first Treasure Island I, I saw, but there were many incarnations of that. Right. <laughs> so uh, you're quite the accomplished stage actor. Uh, you gradu graduated the French National Academy. Do you have a favorite role that you enjoyed playing during your time on stage? Yes. I mean, you know, the, one of actually, I mean, I've, I'd done theater before, but I had the, the, the incredible uh, chance of playing uh, Hamlet at the Edinburgh, Fe at the Edinburgh Festival, the theater, the Fringe Festival. Um, and, you know, I, I, I played Hamlet when I was quite young. I think I was 23. And it, it probably is the greatest experience I've had as an actor on stage. Um, first of all, because Shakespeare is, is a dream for any actor, you know, and something very particular happens, to, I think, to every actor who speaks the words of the great Sim Shakespeare. I think um, it goes beyond theatre. It becomes a sort of spiritual occasion. And, uh, you know, I remember an actor who I, I can't name always said that, you know, you Everyone, when he plays Hamlet, will um, will be brilliant at one point. Even if he's a even if he's a crap actor, there will be one moment where he's brilliant because the the text carries you so beautifully. Um, I worked very very hard on, on on that play. We got actually great reviews, which was really uh, wonderful. But that was not the the, the most important. Uh, I think my relationship to to the word and to my fellow actors was was really truly fascinating. I, I was I think uh, in a, I, I think that when you play Hamlet, it's such a monumental role that you're in a trance. You know, for two months I was in a sort of Shakespearean trance. Uh, you live for it. You 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 live it every second. You wake up uh, with Hamlet. You eat with Hamlet. You, it, it's like a gymnastic of of the mind, and it, it's a it was an extraordinary adventure uh, that I'll never forget. And you know, um, we played it in a small venue that was it, it, it was successful. But whether you play it in a small venue or in a thousand seat theatre, it's the same. You are you are. Uh, speaking the words of the of the great bard, and mm -hmm. it's an honor to do it. It really is a spiritual experience. You you can't explain it. You have to. Do you miss it? The play or, or the, just doing? Do you still act on stage? Theater? Yeah, I did. I mean, two years ago, I I went back to the stage after I think eight years away from from the stage. Uh, I went back. I did this play on the West End, which was a dream of mine. Uh, uh, we did Tartuffe by Molière, this celebrated, uh, extraordinary French playwright. And I, I played Orgon in, in the play, which is a fabulous part. 
uh, it's actually the part with the most lines, uh, but it's also a fabulous part. Very, uh, he, he is the man who is duped by Tartuffe. Um, it was such an extraordinary experience, and and you know we played at the um, Theatre Royal Haymarket, uh, <laughs> a stunning theatre, and you know Ian McKellen, Ray Fiennes had been there before us. Bradley wow. Cooper had, had done Elephant Man, and uh, yeah, it, it, you know when you, when when you're doing a play in London on the West End, you know uh, it's quite something. So that you made that it. was a great memory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a great memory. I mean, you know, I'm. If I do something at the National Theatre, then I'll be even, you know, it'll be even, it, it'll be the icing on the cake. Right. I've, I've, I've done Broadway, I've done the French stage, I've done the West End, and if I can do the National Theatre, then I'll be, <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy. The National Theatre and the Globe yeah, in London, then I'll be in heaven. But I am in heaven already. I, I'm very blessed. <laughs> very blessed. Very blessed. So, does your uh, personal approach differ when you're preparing for a screen role versus a stage role? Yes, it does. I mean, you know, the the you know, you when you are doing a great text like Tartuffe or Hamlet or other great plays by Shaw, or Pinter, or even you know, young playwrights. Yeah, there is a huge preparation. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's the same approach to the text because you know. Uh, my drama teacher uh, always told me, you know, trust the author, which is one of the best the best uh, pieces of advice my, my drama teacher ever told me. If I approach, you know, a script the same way, um, you know, I, I, there is a difference in technique when you're in a, you know, thousand seat theatre, because, you know, we were at the Theatre Royal Haymarket and the acoustic at, at the Theatre Royal is, you have to have, you have to sustain, you know, uh, so there is a technical uh, d difference, but I, I I do approach the roles the same way. You know, I, I go into the history of the character, depending on, I try and I, I try ask as many questions as I can to the author. I mean, myself, this is the relationship I have with the text. Right. And, uh, you know, as as Anthony Hopkins does, you know, he, he reads the script 80 times, you know, and... Um, so by the time he gets to a set, he knows everyone else's uh, uh, lines. I remember because I worked with him on on uh, on Beowulf, and he knew everyone's lines. And he, wow. he his approach to you know it's a very sort of old school theatre approach, you know, very methodical. And I, I I love it. I think it's a great way to discover the secrets that the author has written on the page. Because the more you read something, the more you discover. Um, the author's secrets. Right. It, it, it really is true. I would actually advise a lot of um, young actors to do that. I mean, sometimes you don't have the time when you're number one on the call sheet on a TV show and you have to shoot 10 hours a day, six, five days a week, pardon right. me, five days a week, and you, it's very hard to catch up. But, you know, yeah, doing, doing the homework is, is, is important. So when you did make the transition to the States, did you notice any differences in the audition process from the UK? Yeah, I actually went, I mean, I went to the UK. I'd worked a bit in the UK, but I worked mainly in France. Very different, yes, from France, I would say very different. What I really appreciated when I got to the States is was uh, how incredibly happy actors were uh, to work, you know, because I know it's so competitive, you know. I, it's already competitive in France, in Britain, in Britain as well, Um but in the United States, it's it's even more competitive because I, you know, I got to New York and I did a lot of theatre at first, 
and it's very competitive, but people are so incredibly happy to be there and felt so fortunate. And, 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 and it really rubbed on me. I, I thought, this is wonderful. I love this energy because I didn't have the same experience in France where, you know, I'll say it, frankly, I really did not enjoy working in France. I always felt mm. I was the odd one out because there is a sort of complacency. And, and you know, I went to, to the best theater school and, you know, when you get out of the quote unquote best theaters you think you've had it made and there is a bit of um you know some some actors and student actors can be a little spoiled mm. and i tend to think that actually french actors tend to be spoiled they might be different now because things are not as easy as they were then but uh you know things are tough in america you got to fight hard for, for to, to, to work you don't have as many as many things to, to to fall on as in france because you know if you don't have a job then you can go on the dole it's the same in england england's a different thing to super professional um i loved the casting directors you know really really hyper professional casting directors who truly truly appreciate actors uh but yeah you know the the main thing was was the incredible energy positive energy that i that i saw in in my uh, fellow theater um, theater colleagues mm -hmm. and I really loved it and I think it was the same actually in film in TV when I first started you know doing a, I think my first gig on TV was Law and Order <laughs> oh, cool yeah yeah so funny my first Way experience back. with your work was uh, your role as Balthazar on Supernatural of course oh yeah 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 yeah. that was that was yeah 2000 2012 I believe nine. oh nine. 11 11 okay 11, in the middle so yeah, it's funny because you know a lot of people started to know me from Fringe, Supernatural, and then the Vampire Diaries and the originals. That's when I kind of, you know, quote unquote, hit it bigger. You right. know, I, I was known in the business, but but uh, with, amongst my peers, but I think the wider public started yeah, discovering me, you know, in these series. It's interesting. So in regards to Supernatural, in your opinion, what is it about that show that allowed it to enjoy such longevity when most shows fizzle out or overstay their welcome? Yeah, I think it, it has to be the the complicity and, and relationship between Jared and Jensen. And then, of course, when Misha came along. And, you know, this sense of family that people could, could relate to, you know, I think the genre in itself is very attractive to a lot of younger people. But then, you know, they saw themselves in that family that that Jared Jensen, Jim Beaver, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, um, they're sort of universal themes that beyond the supernatural elements of episodes, you know, the, the, those universal themes of family are very attractive uh, to a lot of people. And I think that, you know, they had incredible uh, complicity, you know, uh, Jared and Jensen are like brothers and they truly are, are like brothers. They played brothers, but they truly are in life right. like brothers. They're the best of friends. I mean, you, we can see now, and uh, I think I think you know when when there's chemistry, the you know the the public picks up on that. Mm -hmm. I remember watching way back in the eighties. I was watching. Do you remember this show called Moonlighting? I'm not familiar. It was with Bruce Willis uh, and this wonderful um, oh, this wonderful actress. My God, I am getting old. And they had such. I don't. I'm, I'm sure they had difficulties on set, but they had such unbelievable chemistry that it made you want to see, watch the show. And I think it was the same with Jared and Jensen and then Misha. And then, of course, the, the guest stars that became sort of part of the supernatural... Um, extended uh, family. Extended family, yeah. Who didn't do that many episodes, but then, you know, but then became the extended family through fan events and, uh, and appearances and... and uh, so it was extraordinary because I didn't know many of the actors that 
you know, uh, when I shot, I shot mostly with Misha, Jared Jensen. That was it. Mm -hmm. I didn't know uh, Richard Spade, Rob Benedict, all the, you know, the, the extended family, really. Right. And uh, Mark, I knew Mark Shepard, actually. We, 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 we knew each other from, my God, from the 90s. But that was it. And, um, yeah, I think, I think the fan, you know, I think the fandom also, the, the response from the actors to the fandom made it even bigger. Mm -hmm. Because we really did respond. It, it, you know, it, it's the Supernatural family fandom. It's it's our big extended family, and it's because right. of them that we're where we are. I asked Rob Benedict the same question when I had him on a few months ago, and he made a good point that Supernatural started in 2005, and that's about the yeah. same time that Twitter started. So Supernatural has this relationship to where it kind of grew with social media. You're right, you're right, mm -hmm. with social media. And I think actually Misha was the first person to really delve seriously into social media. He, he's kind of the, the nucleus of that. He really is the one who understood and uh, the relationship that you can have with a huge number of people um, through social media. And he actually put it to ex extraordinary use with his uh, random acts and gish. Um, you know, I have huge admiration for what he's done and he continues to do, uh, you know, and it's a great way to communicate with your fan base, you know, to, sure. to, 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 to have them help you do extraordinary deeds. It's pretty wonderful. Right. You've kind of touched on this already. I was just, uh, in all your acting experience, have you ever worked with a cast and crew that's as tight-knit as those guys? Because they just seem like they really enjoy each other, like actually off. Yeah, off. yeah. No, no, I don't think so. I mean, you know, I've worked with a lot of casts who are good buddies. You know, I think when I was on Vampire Diaries and, and the originals, uh, they were all super tight. Um, but I have to admit, you know, the, the Supernatural family is probably the most tight-knit. And we, you know, when we did, we do fan events, we travel as a sort of uh, a troop. You know, it's like, it's like traveling with a theater troupe that you, you, that you, that you, that you tour with for, you know, nearly a decade now. Uh, so yeah, it's really time so, and it's wonderful. Correct me if I'm wrong on this, but it looks like your first acting credit is a made for TV movie, Murders oh, yeah. in the Rue Morgue. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You seem to be that a fan of classical literature. Was that, how was that exciting for you? I mean, I was, you know, I'd read uh, the short stories of Edgar Allan Poe, you know, the Ra and the Raven. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I'd been a. What did I read by him? Um, what is that great? He didn't write. No, that was Henry James who, who wrote the House of Usher. But yeah, I was very familiar with his. Uh, I, I hadn't read actually Murders and Murders in the Rue Morgue, but this was my first gig, and it, I was so excited and so inexperienced and so young, <laughs> and I remember going into makeup, and I had. Long hair at the time, they had to attach my hair up and put put a big cap on me. And I basically had one line, I think. There was a horrible cry. And I remember doing, turning around going, what is what is that? Or something like that, you know. They might have cut it. And uh, and I remember there was Val Kilmer and George C. Scott. I mean, I, I knew George C. Scott better than I knew Mal Val Kilmer at the time because Val Kilmer was not a huge actor at the time. Right. And I, I remember actually... <laughs> I have a funny anecdote. Uh, I just finished doing Hamlet in in Edinburgh. You know, it was it was a fairly successful run, and I saw him. Uh, he was reading Hamlet. He was about to do it at the public theatre, and I was like, "Oh, how wonderful!" You know, you're you're about to do Hamlet. I I just finished doing it at the theatre at the Edinburgh Festival, and he looked at me like I was some sort of cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he was too pleased with me addressing him. Uh, oh, no. You know, and I was like, oh, oh, I guess, I guess can be. 
difficult on the movie set, but uh, I'm sure he's not like that anymore. But uh, that was Val Kilmer. Was... I'm sorry, you kind of cut out. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Oh, I think sorry, that yeah. goes pretty in line step with his uh, reputation throughout. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> I, I didn't want to say too, too much yeah. bad stuff, but I was very excited to, to that George C. Scott was there because, of course. I'd seen him in numerable amounts of films, like Doctor Strangelove and Patton, many others. So I was I, I was very excited about that. But it was just so foreign to me. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> and that was 1985, I think. Wow. I was 21, 20, you know. Yeah, I, started, I did mostly theater before I, I started shooting. Yeah. You've touched on, uh, you said you played Wolfgar and Beowulf. And uh, I have to admit. Yes. The first time I watched that, I didn't even know that it was CGI for the first few minutes. I had to, you know, it, yeah, was, it was so pretty well amazing. done. Yeah, yeah. That was a really great experience because I had, unfortunately, a lot of what I did was cut because uh, I had this humongous monologue in Old English in the translation, like Seamus Heaney. The, in Old English, I had literally a soliloquy that was nearly two pages long where I'm telling the story of how... Um, uh, Beowulf and uh, about um, uh, what's the monster's name again? Grendel. Grendel uh, comes in and how Beowulf. Uh, you know, I, I was basically telling the story of Beowulf and Grendel in Old English, and uh, I was very disappointed. You know, when I did it, it was really wonderful. I had a great time, and and the crew appreciated it. And I remember I felt so good because the crew started clapping. You know, after I did it, and you know there was Robert Zemeckis and and and. You know, Anthony Hopkins was, I mean, the cast in that was extraordinary. I was so happy to, to, to be rubbing shoulders with Brendan Gleeson and, and, and Ray Winston, and Robin Wright. And what a delight it was. What a delight it was. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of my scenes were ended up on the cutting room floor, but I had a great time doing it. Was that a lot of motion capture or? Yeah, it was, most, it was motion capture. We all had these, you know, these sort of uh, suit, motion capture suits. And it was kind of the, the beginning of, the sort of more elaborate motion capture. Uh, we didn't have what they have now, which is helmets with a camera that looks at you, you know, which enables to, to, to pick your facial features really much easily, uh, much easier. They were still experimenting with it, and, but it was fun. It was really fun. You know, and Robert Zemeckis is a great director, great director. So to date, what would you say is the best piece of acting advice you Well, the, it's, it really is the same. It's my, my teacher at drama school who is... Probably he's, you know, you could equate him to, he's like the Laurence Olivier of France. You know, he, he's a, a master of stage. He's still alive, actually, which is extraordinary. He must be in late 90s. Wow. Uh, a master of the stage and film. You know, he, he did films with Francois Truffaut and Godard and huge, huge French filmmakers. And uh, he always said, you know, Sebastian, it's, it's all about the author. Trust the author. Trust the text. And, you know, read your script over and over again and little by little as i said earlier the author will suddenly whisper his secrets into your ears and it happens every single time i look at a you know i look at a role suddenly you know i will get ideas you know i mean that that's the metaphor you know the the, the, right. the author's whispering into your ear um the, the the more i read it the more i get ideas the more i i i i see clear i clearly see how uh, the character, um, who the character is. I mean, sometimes you see the character instantly. You know, there are, there are moments that are magical and where, where you're like, this is me. I know this. <laughs> and, the, you know, the more experience you get, the more, the more it happens. It'd be negligent on my part not to uh, 
ask about if you have any anecdotes involving Mr. John Noble, one of my favorite actors. Oh my God. (laughs) I love John Noble. Oh my God. Yeah. That on fringe. I mean, that was such, he was the anecdotes of John Noble. I always loved, he would always come and talk to, you know, to everyone. He was, he was as, as comfortable with the crew as he was with the actors and he always had a cigarette that he was trying to hide because he was not allowed to so that's the anecdote i have of him because you know you see him as this grandiose person in the lord of the rings oh yes and he was brilliant in in fringe and actually he should have been nominated tenfold for the emmys uh because uh, he's a brilliant actor and I, exactly. we don't see him enough we don't see him enough what why are people not casting john noble he's utterly brilliant um yeah so these are the anecdotes he would he such a such a nice guy so approachable so and he had this extraordinary he had this battiness of the brilliant actors you know who's very sort of like yeah mate yeah you'd be like smoking a cigarette yeah 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 mate yeah i totally agree mate yeah yeah he he, he just had this this way about him that was so charming and and so humble you know and funny as hell and and uh just enjoy do you know super positive so happy to be there you know and and he always talked about his wife and and his kids how much he loved his kids and yeah wonderful bloke man love him i wish i could work with him again you know it'd be really wonderful i hope you get to one day as well that'd be a great oh, yeah 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 well sebastian I, I i'm not so. gonna keep you hostage all night i'm gonna wrap up with these final no no you know if you want to if you want to ask more questions i i'm 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 there you know gotcha i got two more for you so yeah 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 what are your favorite films and what is your favorite snack to eat while watching those (laughs) (laughs) my favorite films oh my god i have that that innumerable there's too many to to count but i mean the the films that marked my life when i was a kid it's funny because my dad took me to see really serious movies instead of taking me to see disney movies he would take me to see Bergman movies like The Seventh Seal. That's a movie that really marked uh, my childhood. It, it really was an extraordinary movie. And I remember, <laughs> I mean, you know, these kind of movies really marked me as a kid. And I loved also Westerns. I loved uh, The Wild Bunch. Uh, I loved um, the wonderful Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers movie, Singing in the Rain. I'm talking about really real classics. Right. And then, of course, as I got older, you know, one, I really started loving science fiction. Uh, and the first time I saw Alien, I thought to myself, this movie <laughs> is one of the greatest. And, you know, it can be viewed as, you know, horror or sci- sci-fi. But no, it's one, I thought it was one of the greatest movies ever made. My favorite. Yes, I mean, really extraordinary. And actually, when, when James Cameron did Aliens, probably one of the best sequels, you know, after Godfather uh, ever made, you know, uh, of, of, of an extraordinary movie. Uh, my favorite action movie of all time, I, I was actually talking to, to this uh, actor, friend of mine, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, when I saw that film, I just, I just couldn't contain myself. It literally embodied everything that a, the young man found exciting you know in life adventure killing yeah, nazis adventure, yeah. you know bad nazis uh uh you know sort of uh, uh, uh wonderful i I'm, i've always been fascinated by by biblical sort of uh what's the word it's not science fiction but it's a sort of fantasy well that, that fascinates me i find that and also archaeologists there was a film I saw as a kid, actually, that I recommend to everyone who's watched Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's called That Man from Rio. 
Hmm. It's okay. a wonderful movie made in the early 60s with this French actor called Jean-Paul Belmondo. And it's, it's this guy who basically sees his girlfriend get kidnapped and she is kidnapped on a plane. He manages to stow away on the plane and he arrives in Brazil and has to follow her and they're looking for this treasure. And it's the most amazing adventure <laughs> movie. And, uh, you know, I love these kind of films. But also, I mean, there are so many to, you know, I love the, the director... Andrei Tarkovsky. Uh, I love very, very obscure, independent um, movies like The Secret in Their Eyes, great Argentine movie I, I saw. Denis Villeneuve's, you know, who's now directed Dune, first movie called Incendies, which is an extraordinary movie. I mean, I, I love everything. And of course, you know, Star Wars. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not the middle ones, but, you know, the first three and then, and then the last three. <laughs> um, you know, those kind of films. Blade Runner. Are you a horror fan? Yes, it depends what kind of horror. Yeah, 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 I am, yeah. I mean, uh, I loved, you know, way back, of course, when The Exorcist and, and The Omen came out. Extra I love when it's well executed. Right. You know? uh, I remember going to see Evil Dead, the first one. I was, I was fucking terrified. <laughs> terrified. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I mean, so many. What What are your favorite horror? Uh, see, I'm I'm more of a fan of the tr the trash horror films. You know, you have uh, your Friday the Thirteenth. That's the kind of stuff I grew. Yeah, with. yeah. I mean, some it's the fun. First, when I saw I saw the first, I was living in the Caribbean because I lived in on a boat, and I saw many movies at the sort of, at the this place called the Carib Cinema in Tortola, British Virgin Islands, and I saw. Um, the first, uh, um, not Friday the 13th, what's the other? Uh, Halloween. Halloween. John Carpenter. Oh, my God. And that music. I mean, he's a masterful because I know he. And I actually really love John Carpenter. The Thing. Uh, oh, yeah. Escape from New York. I mean, you know, he really has, he has a different way of approaching it. Uh, yeah. So, so, yeah, I loved all these films. The horror, I mean, horror movies, you know, what's the one that? terrified me the most i think the first ring is very scary the ring uh um, michelle geller ring what's that was that the sarah michelle geller ring no 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 the ring with the one with uh oh my god why do i forget her oh name? i'm thinking uh, of the grudge i'm sorry i got the no wrong. no no not the grudge the grudge was good too there's a uh um japanese version uh no um i was i really loved uh the naomi watts one gotcha I thought gotcha. that was terrifying, but extremely well done. I love when it's well done. I mean, the first Conjuring was terrifying. Terrifying. Yes. Good horror uh, and good comedy are very similar. They have the same beats almost. Yes. Hard to do good comedy. My God. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have to admit that Bridesmaids, very funny. Very funny. I've heard it's good, but I have not seen oh my, it myself. And you know, I think Melissa, Melissa McCarthy is kind of a Spy is very funny with Melissa McCarthy. Very funny. Writing film. all these down, as you say. Very said. funny film. Uh, you know, because I, I feel comedy is not, it's just not as funny. I really loved the first Hangover. Yeah. Um, really loved it. Very well done. You know, it's, it's shot like a, like a sort of auteur movie, but it's a really funny comedy. Todd Phillips is really good. Very good director, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, many, many, many movies <laughs> I love. You know, I, I love your, your independent, you know, your Whiplash, you know, directed by Damien Chazelle. Love that film. I saw it again on TV and I was like, I was still on the edge of my seat. I love, you know, Call Me By Your Name by Luca Guadagnino. I think that was an extraordinary film. I love foreign films too. I've, I've seen countless. I've been watching, you know, I thought Parasite was 
one of the best movies I've seen in a long time, the Korean movie yes. that won the Oscar. I mean, I recommend anyone to watch that film. That is a trip. And I've actually, I'm, I'm really into Korean dramas now. You actually, you, on Netflix, you can watch The Kingdom. It's not The Kingdom, it's Kingdom. And it's a, it's a zombie. <laughs> it takes place in the 13th century uh, Choson period of Korea, which is really interesting. Actually, you should, very interesting. And it's, it's basically a zombie. It's two seasons of a zombie series. Extremely well done. Okay. Terrifying. You seen it, yes. Yeah. It's a great film. Yeah, I yeah. like that movie. Yeah, yeah, trained to Pusan, as they say. Sorry, because my yeah. my wife's no, no, no. My wife is Korean Australian, so. <laughs> and I've been watching, you know, Korean uh, Korean stuff on. There's there's one right now called Sweet Home, which is really cool. It's a Korean series that's really sort of horror. It's right now on Netflix. Cool. Very very well done. Very well done. A lot of the Korean stuff is good. I saw actually the the follow up to Train from Pusan, which is I think Alive Peninsula, I believe. Yeah, I can't remember. It's the, the guys who are in. They're in a apartment complex and right. zombies everywhere. But Train to Busan was very well done. Yeah, very well done. But Kingdom, you'll see, is very well done. Beautifully shot. Uh, really cool. Yeah, yeah. And and the costumes of the Choson period of Korea is really interesting. Very, very interesting. There aren't enough period pieces in horror, I believe. I I love. Yeah. I love. I love. I love combining period and horror. Yeah. That's I'm trying to write something actually that has to do with uh, Korean. Wait, well, nowadays with Korean mythology. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I can't say more because I don't. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's 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 really interesting. I agree with you. You know, uh, um, yeah, we need to do more period horror because it's. That's my issue good? with a lot of Lovecraft adaptions is they try to make them modern, and I want to see Lovecraft in the 19th century where most of it. Yes. Is yeah. 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 But, but you know yeah. who did a great job was The Haunting of Hill House. I thought was extremely good the, on now, Netflix. Is that the recent one? Is there a recent one? The recent one on Netflix is okay, gotcha. I have not terrifying. Seen terrifying. I literally got, I was terrified. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to get that. Yeah, yeah, write them down. <laughs> Sorry, Wait, I keep on talking. It's fine. So what is your favorite movie snack while you're watching all these films? Snack. Because um, I'm really into like, healthy stuff <laughs> i love sesame crackers Ooh. you know honey they have these yeah you know koreans or or chinese or Jap japanese have korean honey sesame crackers they're very healthy and really good uh yeah that's a yeah. responsible choice yeah you know all those viennese wafer hazelnut wafers <laughs> they're really good those oh, those, are good. <laughs> <laughs> those are really good yes they are yeah yeah well, Sebastian, it's been a lovely talk. I'm going to let you get out of here. Yeah, thank you so much. That was a pleasure. Oh, yes. And, and uh, whenever that Korean mythology script sorted out, I'll be back. Yeah, yeah. And, and watch watch the kingdom and watch these uh, Korean uh, these Korean dramas are of high quality. You know, uh, uh, on that tons on Netflix. Tons. I'll do that. But sweet, uh, uh, the kingdom, if you like horror, kingdom and sweet home, uh, uh, you'll like them. I will yeah. jump on those, my friend. And thank you again all right. for giving me your time. All right, take care and uh, all the best. Thanks. Sorry for being late. For, it's for no problem, man. Messing up the time. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.